Hey, everybody. How's it going? How are we doing this evening? So, uh, yeah, the, the Cubs did win today. Um, but that's all right. That, that's, that's normal lately, but that's, that's a recent thing. So uh, I, I feel whenever I travel places, I kind of, I kind of have to rub that in a little bit just because it's, it's been a long time, even, even for you know, a, a somewhat young person like me. But uh, as, as Ricky said, my name is John, and I want to thank Ricky, and I want to thank everyone here uh, at Westchester Nazarene for having me. I'm very excited to be here tonight because tonight I want to tell you all a story, and the story that I'm going to tell you comes out of Matthew chapter 25. So if you have your Bible, you can turn there, or if you want to open it up on your phone, or if you just want to listen to me, that's fine. I'm going to be in Matthew chapter 25, verse 14. And in this verse, Jesus is right at the beginning stages of telling a parable. And for those of you who don't know, or maybe you've heard that word parable all over church, and you may not know exactly what it means, a parable is essentially a really fancy word for a story that we can learn something from. And I believe that tonight, there is something we can learn from this story. I believe that God has something to teach all of us through this parable of the talents. Again, I am in Matthew chapter 25. Verse 14, and Jesus is speaking and he says, for it will be like the kingdom of heaven will be like a man going on a journey who called his servants and entrusted to them his property. To one, he gave five talents, to another, two, to another, one, to each according to his ability. Then he went away. He who had received the five talents went at once and traded with them and he made five talents more. So also the one who had two talents made two talents more. But he who had received the one talent went and dug in the ground and hid his master's money. Now, after a long time, the master of those servants came and settled accounts with them. And he who had received the five talents came forward, bringing five talents more, saying, Master, you delivered to me five talents. Here I have made five talents more. His master said to him, Well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful over little. I will set you over much. Enter into the joy of your master. And he who also had received two talents came forward, saying, Master, you delivered to me two talents. Here I have two talents more. His master said to him, Well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful over little. I will set you over much. Enter into the joy of your master. He also, who had received the one talent, came forward, saying, Master, I knew you to be a hard man, reaping where you did not sow and gathering where you scattered no seeds, so I was afraid. And I went and hid your talent in the ground. Here you have what is yours. But the master answered him, You wicked and slothful servant, you knew that I reap where I have not sown and gather where I scattered no seed? Then you ought to have invested my money with the bankers, and at my coming I should have received what was my own in interest. So take the talent from him and give it to the one who has ten talents. For to everyone who has, more will be given, and he will have an abundance. But from the one who has not, even what he has will be taken away. As I said before, it is great 
to be here tonight. And even as a boy from Chicago, I feel like I've spent a surprising amount of time in the state of Ohio. And admittedly, it's been more northern Ohio than southern Ohio in cities like Cleveland. And I have relatives in Columbus, which is a little closer, but the majority of the time I've spent in this state has actually been driving along a northern Ohio turnpike. Some of you may be familiar with this. It's the one where when you get to a rest area, it looks exactly like the previous rest area from 30 miles before, yes? And they all have the same four restaurants, except there's one that has a Panera Bread. And I love Panera Soup. And so I would always play this game of like, how far can I go without running out of gas just so I can find the Panera? And the reason that I am so well acquainted with this turnpike is because I went to college in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. And so in order to get from Chicago to Pittsburgh, I had to drive through and back through Ohio many times, whether it was going to college or coming home from breaks. And I'm not saying that the best memories I have from college happened on the Ohio turnpike, but some of them did. And actually, just this past week, I was going through my computer and I was reading some old blog posts that I had written in college. Now, before you start making fun of me, yes, I had a blog in college. Don't act like you're not as cliche as I am, okay? And, and really, I was kind of making fun of myself when I was reading these things that I had written because I, I remember as I'm reading these posts that are five and six years old, I remember when I was writing them, I was convinced that my blog was going to change the world. Really, I was like, man, my thoughts are revolutionary. My words are a gift to society. You're welcome. But I think everybody thinks that they can change the world when they're young, and especially when we're in college. I think at one point or another, we all have dreamt of doing work or living a life that matters, that means something, that makes a difference. We all, at one point or another, have dreamed of doing, dare I say, what God has called us to do. See, I think we all, to a certain extent, we want to do big things for God's kingdom. But if we're honest with ourselves, we don't really know how or where or when. Many of us, we're sitting out here and we're saying, you know, I, I want to do what God is calling me to do, but if I'm honest, I don't really know where or how to start. And today, through this parable of the talents, we're going to see if we can help you with that. And I'll warn you in advance that this talk I'm about to give you, it is so good that even the title is going to be an answer to someone's prayer. Like, I don't want to brag. I want to remain humble. I don't want to be proud. But this talk is so good because there is a student maybe who walked in here today who has big dreams, big aspirations, wants to use their gifts for God's glory, but doesn't really know how to start it. Or there's a retired couple that is sitting in this sanctuary right now, and they think, you know what? We had big dreams when we were young, but it's too late for us now. And you didn't know it, 
But you were going to walk in here and God was going to answer your prayer even in my title because it's so good. The title of my talk tonight is Use What You Got. Can everybody say, Use What You Got? Can we say it like we mean it? Use What You Got. Thank you very much. Let's pray, shall we? Dear Lord, I want to thank you so much for this evening. I want to thank you for the opportunity to come here and to speak and to dive into your word and to learn what you have to say to us tonight. I thank you for each and every person in this room. Thank you for their hearts. And God, I pray that as we open up your word, I pray that you would speak. And as I am up here talking, that it would not be me speaking, but you speaking through me. And by the power of your Holy Spirit, God, would you open up hearts and minds? Would those who have ears to hear in this room tonight, would you let them hear? And we pray all of this in Jesus' name. Amen. So what do we have in this parable? Let's, let's take a moment and let's just take stock, shall we? We have a master and we have three servants. And this master, he decides he's going to go on a little trip. And so he gives his talents to all three of his servants. For those of you who don't know, talents are essentially coins. And so the master, he gives these coins to all three of his servants. Now, little pop quiz to make sure everyone's paying attention. How many servants did the master have? Shout it out. Very good. And how many servants did he give coins to? Shout it out. So then basic math would deduce that every servant got something. Duh. So why do I do this very simple math equation? Because we have to notice that the master gave every single servant something. You see, as much as we may want to contribute or do our part to help build God's kingdom, as much as we might want to make a difference in the world, we as people are usually so quick to disqualify ourselves from being used by God because we just don't have it, right? We make excuses for ourselves, saying things like, well, I, I'm not smart. I'm not a leader. I can't make people feel welcome. I don't have a theology degree from a, from a Christian school. But you see, what is made clear here in this passage is that God gives gifts to everyone. There are no free passes in this game. Each and every person in this room, in this church, in this country, in our world, each and every one of us, the Bible tells us that each and every person has been gifted individually by God. He has given us talents and abilities and resources that he wants us to use for his glory. And not only that, but, but did you notice how long did the master go away for? This is a subtle hint that we usually miss in this story, but it says that the master was gone for a long time. Which means that this man, he took his money and he made a long-term investment in these servants. And God has done the same thing with you. The gifts 
or the resources or whatever God has placed in your hands. He has made a long-term investment on your life. And what God is calling you to do is when he gives you seeds for you to do the work to make that fruit that you can give back to him. But you see, most of us, we don't want to admit that God has entrusted us with something, whether it be resources or gifts or talents or abilities. We don't want to accept that because it's a lot easier to take what we have and bury it in the sand than actually step up and use what we got. So that's the first point. God gives gifts to everyone. There are no exceptions here. And so then we go on and we read how each of these three servants used what God, what the master had given them. And we read how the first two servants, they take the talents that they've been given and they double them, right? The one who received five made five more. The one who received two made two more. That is called a 100% return on your investment for any of the bankers in the room. And then we get to the servant who only received one talent. And out of fear, he goes and he buries it in a field and makes nothing out of it. And it's really easy for us, you know, a couple thousand years later to sit here and to sort of judge that servant. But you can kind of feel for this guy, right? I mean, he only got one talent, I'm sure he's looking at his other two servants and it's like, that guy, he got double of what I got. And, and don't even start with the guy who got five talents. This is unfair. But I want to be really specific for a second in talking about what exactly a talent is. Let's get really precise on our metrics. You see, a talent in this day, one talent was essentially equal to about 20 years wages, which for a landowner would have been a lot of money. But still, we, we can feel that servant who only got one talent sort of comparing himself, being like, well, that guy got two and he got five and I only got one. But what he doesn't take time to see is that even though he only received one talent, that's still 20 years worth of money. This is more money than this guy has ever seen in his life. You see, for us, it's really easy for us to look at what God has given us right now, whether in your career or with your family, and begin to compare with the people around us. Oh, their kids are really, really successful. Oh, her job is just so great. And we begin to compare and see, oh, God has given them so much and look at all he's given me. And we start to compare. They have more than me, but we lose sight of the fact that even if we don't have as much as them, God has still given us so much. But it's really easy to compare, isn't it? You know how some people in life it just seems like they have blessings to spare. Like they never run out of good things and good news to tell you when you meet them. Remember in high school where, where there were some people who were like valedictorian, prom king, and captain of the football team. They were the best at everything, and the only thing you were best at was eating entire frozen pizzas. 
And it's just like life isn't fair. And when we talk about those valedictorian prom king people, we have a word or a phrase that we use to describe them. We say this person, this type of person has natural talent. There are people in this world that are, that are just born with, with natural talent or natural ability. Like LeBron James has just incredible natural talent. Michael Jackson, incredible, had incredible natural talent. And I don't know if you know this, but we cannot control how much natural talent we are given. Like, I'm a tall guy, but I'm not playing in the NBA anytime soon. I can really cut a rug at a wedding, but I'm not going to be the king of pop. You see, I just lack the natural talent. And the parable has something to say about this. Because did you notice that it says that the master gave them these talents according to their ability? So this means that for whatever reason, Maybe it was because of their natural talent. The master gave one five, one two talents, and one one talent based on what he thought they currently had the capacity to handle. And real quick, maybe that's why God isn't giving you a whole lot right now. Because he knows if he burdened you with that raise at work or another child in your family, or he, was, he knows if he gave you that much, You don't have the capacity to handle it. So if he were to bless you with it, you might not be ready to take it and you might just bury it in a field rather than using what you got. But I don't want to get ahead of myself. What's even more interesting is when you look at the two servants who doubled what they had received. They received two different amounts initially. One received two and another received But did you notice that when they gave what they had made to their master, they each received the same blessing? Actually, the master says in the text, word for word, the same blessing. He says, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful over little. I will set you over much. Enter into the joy of your master. Both of them received the same exact reward. Two different amounts originally. Same reward. What does this mean? It means that God gives according to our ability, but he blesses according to our fruit. What it means is that I can't control how many coins the master gives me, but I can control what I do with them. I can't control how much natural talent, I can't control how many resources I'm given in this season, but I can choose to use what I got. There are some people in this room, maybe, who feel like they have drawn the short straw in life. They just have been dealt a really bad hand. And what God says to you, he says, I I don't care how much you've been given. What I care about is what you do with it. And if you take what I've given you and you use what you got, I have a blessing waiting for you on the other side. I remember one time, maybe you remember this too, Jesus, him and his disciples, they're they're standing in a field surrounded by 5,000 people. 
And these 5,000 people, they haven't eaten for a while, and so they're starting to get hungry like human beings do. And the disciples are looking around, and they're saying, where are we going to find enough food to feed all of these people? How are we going to do this? And they look at Jesus. They say, Jesus, how are we going to feed all these people? And Jesus looked back at them, and he said, use what you got. There's a basket full of loaves right there, and there's a couple fish. Use what you got. And I remember another time, the, the commander, Gideon, he had this tiny army that he was leading. And he was about to go into a battle against 300,000 men. And Gideon, he's sitting there and, he, and he's asking God, he's like, God, how am I going to defeat this enemy? And God looked at the 300 men that Gideon had and he said, use what you got. And then once upon a time, there's, there's this boy named David. He's a shepherd, and, and he's standing in a valley across from this giant warrior who, who's going to kill him. And David, he's looking at Goliath, and, and he asks God, how am I going to defeat this giant? And then God looked at the shepherd's sling in David's hand that he had had all his life, and he said, use what you got. But you see, that's not even it. Listen to this, listen to this. If you look back at the blessing from verse 21, we're gonna see it. You see, it says this. Well done, good and faithful servant. And then here it comes. You have been faithful over little. I will set you over much. In other words, what God is saying to us tonight is if you use what you got... I'll give you a shot. If you use the little that I have placed in your hands in this season, then eventually I will begin to entrust you with more. If you're faithful with little, I will give you much. I remember the first time I ever really served in ministry. It was at a summer camp, and I'd been hired as an intern, which meant I got paid nothing, which was a surprise to me. But I didn't really care about that, to be honest. I was excited about the ministry aspect of it. I was so excited to get up on stage and to teach students about God's word and to sit with students and to pray with them and encourage them and speak into their lives. But on the first day of camp, when I showed up, I learned, to my surprise, not only was I not getting paid, but I also, as an intern, didn't get to do any of that fun ministry stuff. On that Monday when I showed up, I was assigned to my job, and my job was to sit in the back of the auditorium, in the tech booth, all by myself, not talk to anybody, and press play, pause, and rewind on the CD player. I was the CD player presser. And I have to admit to you, at first, I wasn't very happy with this job, right? I thought, you know what? I, I, I can do more than this. This is below me. Come on. Like, I, I want to be up. I want to be speaking. I want to be encouraging students. God, this is not enough. I, I haven't been given enough here. I can do more than this. But then I looked at the CD player and I thought, use what you got. And let me tell you, did I ever... Again, I don't want to brag, but I was and still am to this day the best 
CD player presser that camp has ever or will ever see. I was the LeBron James and Michael Jackson of CD player pressing. Like, oh, oh, John, you need me to play that track? Boom, I've got it. You need me to rewind it? I'll do it behind my back. I was unstoppable that week. And you know, that was seven years ago. My first time ever serving in ministry. And now ministry is what I do full time. And when I look back seven years ago and I think about my time as a CD player presser, I think, I am so glad that I did not waste the little opportunity that God had given me. I'm so glad that I didn't take the little thing that God had placed in my hands and just bury it in the dirt where it would never do anyone any good. I'm so glad that I used what I got. And I have watched over the years as time and time and time and time again, God has given me a shot even when I didn't deserve it. You know, I'm, I'm not in college anymore. But I still do dream about changing the world. Only now, I think that changing the world looks more like just being faithful with whatever God has placed in your hands today. I wonder what small opportunity he's giving you in this season. I wonder how many CD player pressers there are out there who are willing to humble themselves and press those buttons for God's glory. I wonder what you're facing right now. And perhaps you're sitting out there and, and, and as I'm speaking, God is just whispering to you, use what you got. Everybody's given something. Don't make excuses to me after the service. You walk out and be like, oh, that's great, John, but, but. No, I don't want to hear your buts. Everyone is given something. You can't control how much you get, but you can control what you do with it. And I am believing for you tonight that if you use what you have as a mother, as a husband, as a father, as an uncle, as a leader, as a teacher, if you use what you have, he'll give you a shot. I want to invite the worship team uh, back up as I, as I close in prayer. And I want to pray for anyone who, who is perhaps looking at their lives right now and thinking, yeah, I know exactly what it is what's in my hands right now. And, and I, I'm going to pray that you have the courage to use it, but I also want to pray for those who are looking and they're saying, I don't even think I have anything. I know, I know you said everyone gets something, but maybe, maybe God forgot about me. And I want to pray that he would reveal that to you. So let's bow our heads. Lord, uh, I thank you for tonight, God. Thank you for each and every person in this room and I thank you for your word that is enduring that is true that is beautiful that speaks that breathes that gives life 
And Father, I want to pray tonight for those who are staring at their one talent and that they would see the 20 years worth of wages in just that one talent, that we would not compare what we have with what anyone else has, but we would see our talent and we would say, thank you, God, for this opportunity. Would you give us the courage to use the little things that you have placed in our hands? And Father, I pray that as we do that, that you would multiply it. As we plant seeds, that you would bring fruit. God, as we work on that one relationship, that you would repair it. And then you would multiply it by bringing more. Whatever it is, God, I pray for the courage to step up and step out and use our gifts for you. And Lord, I also pray for those who are sitting out there tonight and feel that their hands are empty that perhaps they haven't been given anything. And maybe I'm getting the sense right now that it's not that they haven't been given anything, but maybe they buried it a long time ago. And God, would you place a shovel in our hands so that we can go back and we can dig up that thing that you gave us once and that we've neglected for so long. And would you give us the courage and the humility to dust it off and say, I'm gonna use it now. It's never too late. Because you had a son that was also buried. And everyone thought it was too late for you to do something through him. And then three days later, he dug himself up from the grave. And the same power lives in us now. The same power that raised Christ from the dead is alive in us. Would you help us to resurrect the things that we have buried in our lives? And would you give us the courage to use them for your glory? God, I pray as I have spoken tonight that they would not have been my words, but they would have been your words. And I pray that everyone in here who had ears to hear, that you let them hear tonight. I pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen.